0: And I am Anthony and there's a fly on my screen. Sorry. I was distracted by that for a second. <laughs> Michael's like, "What in the world?
1: What just happened?" All I saw was you you started yelling and your camera shook. And now it's just I swatted my monitor. Yeah. It's all good. I don't have a fly on my screen, so.
0: There's I do. He's in here somewhere. He's going to keep landing on my screen. I thought so that I thought there was more.
1: something on my screen. It was just like the shadow of your um shade twister thing behind you <laughs> it's just like a oh, shadow of it i nice. was like get that off there no just kidding that's so anthony what's going <laughs> on with you
0: oh man i'll tell you what it has been a week um it i must feel like be. i have not stopped <laughs> i haven't stopped all week long. so i i was we didn't record last week because i was out of town and and uh now we're back and i'm catching up on everything from work Even though I was off for a work conference, I still, you know, everything fell behind because I'm not there. Right. And I've been catching up on that, plus a ton of other stuff after work. And so I feel like every day I've been like, I get off work, like I'll leave work early. I'm like, all right, I got to go do this, and I got to go do this, and I got to go do this. And then I'm still like 7.30 getting home and being done for the day. And I'm like, ugh. Anyway, how's your week been going? So this week we've had like a lot of people out of the office, um, either on
1: vacation or doing – you know, going to do some work trips or whatever. And so Mm -hmm. there's only been like three or four of us in the office. And I mean, I've just been able to get work done and it's been, dude, that's awesome. It's been nice. Um, next, next week I think is back to normal, but I guess we'll see. Um, things are going good. We're staying busy. Um, you know, we're recording the end of July. This will come out sometime in August, I think. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, you know, we're, summer's winding down and school's about to ramp up. Our, our son is three. He's going to be going into like the entry level preschool. So not preschool, preschool, nice. but like he's no longer in just regular daycare. Like he has to yeah. wear a uniform to daycare now. So, Ooh.
0: I mean, he's going to come home with like worksheets and stuff. Oh gosh, <laughs> son. And you're going to have to put it on your fridge, son. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I,
1: I don't know how many things I, I we've brought home from school. Like, oh, that's nice. And then when he goes to bed, we just toss him. Throw it away. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Yep.
0: Yep. Sorry, your parents don't love you, son. 20,
1: 20 years from now, when you find this podcast in the archives of of uh, Apple, I, I'm apologizing profusely I'm apologizing. now. So, um, But let's get to drinking, Anthony. We're, we got our b- yes. beer review this week. What are you... Sipping on tonight.
0: So tonight, um, I am going to sip on, and this this is Michael inspired. I'm going to admit this is Michael inspired. Um, I have from Certa Brewing. Nice. I'm dancing. (laughs) Nice dance. Uh, from Certa Brewing Company in Mobile, Alabama. Mobile. Um, Mobile is the wrong people say it. This is the Rancher Watermelon Sour Ale. Mm. I am going to drink a sour because Michael has had like four over the last five weeks, and he's given like all of them four and a half and five stars. And so Mm -hmm. I I admittedly am not a fan of sours, um, but I am going to give them a shot. I'm going to try. I'm going to honestly critique it and review it and see if I like it, see if it grows on me. We're hoping for the best tonight. We're going to see what happens. So what are you drinking,
1: Michael? So tonight there's a new brewery. Um, and I did not look to see where they're located at. You would think 90 episodes in, we'd have this down, but I don't. Um, so I have from the Modern Times Beer Company in San Diego, California. I've okay. got the Dungeon Map West Coast IPA. Um, Modern Times is an employee-owned brewery. Um, Oh, they're like UFO. Yep, they're like UFO. Um, Dungeon map, let's see here. 7.2% ABV, 60 IBUs. Um, I'm not really sure what a West Coast IPA is, but I guess I'm about to find out. Um, (laughs) As opposed to a, like, East Coast IPA? Or, like, I guess, I don't know. So, uh, their website actually has some information on the beer, but nothing really, like... That I know what they're talking about. So,
0: um, yeah. here. This is interesting. So the website says mine is four point six percent ABV. Mm-hmm. My can says six percent ABV. Hmm. So I don't know if they forgot the four point or if it actually is six percent. Um. But uh. But yeah. There's a. There you go. Serta. Which one is it? Is it four point six like the website, or is it six point six percent like the can? My can doesn't have ABV on it. They don't worry about ABVs in California. This beer is vegan. That would that's negative one point. I'm I'm already beer. not crazy about it. So
1: <laughs> no, let, let's let's crack them open, pour them up, and see what we've got. Um, let's let's do get it. to drinking because I I need to drink a beer tonight. So
0: here we go. Three, two, one, crack! I jumped the gun a little bit. I'm not certain how this is going to turn out for me tonight. So admittedly, over the last few weeks, I have said how much I like fruity beers, Mm -hmm. even though I used to not like them and I used to make fun of people who drank them. Um, again, I apologize for that if I, if I ever offended you that way. Um, but this, so do you remember way back in the day when we reviewed Mighty Banyan? Oh, God. <laughs> and I said that it smelled like, uh, sour gym socks. Mm-hmm. This has the smell of watermelon sour gym socks. I'm just.
1: Sours have that though. Sours have that kind of. Something's off about them, like something's gone wrong. Yeah.
0: Smell. So, yours is start negative one because it's vegan. Mine start negative one because it smells like gym socks.
1: <laughs> well, mine smells like every other IPA on the face of the planet. So,
0: <laughs> but it does have a it does have a hint, or, or I can definitely smell the watermelon in it. So it smells Which, like watermelon sour gym socks.
1: Well, here's the thing about watermelon though, like real watermelon doesn't really have much of a smell. It's
0: true, it doesn't.
1: So. You may have like a more artificial watermelon flavor. I'm it's I'm venturing, I'm guessing here, I have no idea, but based on experience with other watermelon flavor stuff, um, there's some stuff that tastes more authentic than others. Yes. So,
0: I don't know. Well, let's turn them up. Let's see how they taste. Uh, there's only one way to figure this thing out, and that's to drink them. Let's do it. Bottoms up.
1: This is weird.
0: <laughs> All right. Mm. This is awkward. You don't like it. I don't like it, but I also don't hate it. Okay. <laughs> um,. All right, all right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to nail this one down. This one is, it doesn't taste like what it smells like, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Mighty Banion tasted like sour gem socks, and it also smelled like sour gem socks. So. Right. This one doesn't taste like sour gem socks. This almost tastes like a lemonade, watermelon lemonade mixed with s- like a, a cider mixed with a regular ale beer like okay so it's got this weird combination that is kind of good like i'm i'm not a i'm not completely put out okay okay so it's not terrible but i'm admittedly not a fan of sour so this one has a long way to go to get there with that in mind I think I can comfortably give this because the flavor is a little better than I was expecting. The I can definitely I can get behind it being a sour and it having that tart like lemonade y type of texture to it. Mm-hmm. Um I'm okay with that because that, that seems consistent to me with the type of beer that it is. I can give this three and a half Luther's. Okay. Um, which which I feel like is a little high. Um just because I'm not a fan, but this is the the watermelon flavor. I don't know if it's artificial watermelon or real watermelon, but the watermelon flavor in this is actually pretty good, and it kind of it seems to tame down the sour a little bit, mm-hmm. um, make it not quite so like like you're not drinking a warhead. Do you remember warheads from way back in the day? Do I
1: remember warheads.
0: <laughs> Those things were my jam, dude. Dude, if you were a '90s child, warheads like if you didn't. If you didn't eat warheads until your mouth hurt, mm-hmm. you did not live in the night. Did you ever eat like
1: three or four at a time?
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it, and you'd put them in like you'd put them in drinks to try to make the drinks taste like okay. that ne- warhead or whatever. Never did that, but oh gosh, I did that too. Sprite was the big one. Jolly Ranchers and warheads and Sprite. You were mixing was, drinks was back
1: before you even knew what you were doing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was a nine-year-old mixing it up. Um so this is not quite as bad as I was anticipating. Um, the flavor is actually pretty good. Um, the sour again, I'm just not a fan of sours. I don't like the like the punch mm-hmm. of a sour. Um, I don't know. Call me old fashioned, whatever you want to call me. I don't know. Call me stupid. Um, it's just not. It's not my thing. It's not my thing. I don't like it. Um, but this is this is bearable. I'm never gonna go out and buy this on purpose. I'm never gonna go out and like order this in a restaurant. But if you like sours, you're probably going to like this. That's why I'm going to give it three and a half luthers, because I feel like that's a that's a pretty high rating for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the flavor is actually pretty good. It's just the sour that turns me off, and, and I don't like them. Gotcha. So, there you go. Three and a half luthers on the Rancher Watermelon Sour from Serta Brewing Company in Mobile, Alabama.
1: I'm going to have to try to find that or come down and get it or something.
0: Yeah. Um... You are more than welcome to come down, and I'll buy you some if you come down. I uh, may take you up on that. So um,
1: so the Dungeon Map West Coast IPA uh, from Modern Times, I am having a really hard time with. Um, this may be my least favorite IPA that I've done since we started this podcast. Oh, Wow. Um, I, and I'm, am trying to think, I don't think I've rated anything except Calic less than three.
0: Uh-huh. I guess I can go- Give it two and a half. Come on, give it two and a half.
1: No, it's not as bad as Calic. Um. Okay. And I apparently have reserved three for, like, just a few things. Maybe, maybe looking back, I would, re- like, change some things as, but... This thing is going to be a three Luther beer. Um, the mm. texture is very weird. Um, yeah, like you, like IPAs have kind of a have a very bitter flavor profile and texture already, um, but this mm-hmm. one kind of like encompasses your whole mouth and won't go away. <laughs> I've had those. Yes, like, like it's gripped my tongue and won't let go. Um, the flavor's okay. It just tastes like an IPA. Um, but it's just, I mean, there's not really anything spectacular about this one. Um, Mm -hmm. if you're like a homie or a frat boy or whatever, you might like it. I don't know. Or I, I, I don't not, not like a homie, but like a, I I don't even know how how to, (laughs) how to articulate it.
0: We, We are so old
1: we're old but i'm not that old that's the thing so um it, it's it's okay it's middle of the road as far as beer goes um the flavor's okay the texture's weird and it's not i mean it's my least favorite IPA that we've that i've done so i'm going to give it three so, luthers out of 5 um the dungeon map west coast IPA
0: so i feel like we should give it like two luthers because you're giving it three, but it gets negative one for being a vegan beer and that's automatically negative one point, so I mean
1: But then it'd be less it, than Caleb and I think we We can't do that. Maybe we need to we may need to revisit some of our ratings and be like, eh, maybe we maybe we didn't really know what we were doing or if we had that now our our taste had would have changed. Uh, i know that's the case on some of the stuff i raked yeah I raked oh, back yeah. way back you know even starting maybe from the beginning um but eh, it's okay i've got a different beer out that i'll crack open here in a minute um nice and we'll uh we'll do that here shortly so but there's our beer review for the week and um, now, after this short break, we are going to continue in our study in First Peter. We're going to round out chapter 4 tonight. Uh, we're going to be hitting verses 12 through 19. So go ahead and get your Bibles ready, and um, we'll be right back after this break.
0: Welcome back from that musical break. We're so glad you're back to join us to talk about the Bible. We're going to do that a little bit. And Michael's going to crack open another beer. It's going to be a good time. Do you want to know
1: what I'm drinking?
0: Yes, I do want to know what you're drinking. I'm drinking uh, Cl- Classic City Lager. Ooh, Classic City is such a good one. Creature Comforts, man. They got they got some good beers over there at Creature Comforts. Uh, I'm, that, that makes me miss North Georgia, it really does because they're in Athens, and they were close, and mm. good times. Anyway, so we're going to talk about the Bible tonight. We're going to finish up chapter 4 in uh, in First Peter. We're going to—next week, we're going to talk about chapter 5, and that will actually be the end of our First Peter discussion. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a good time. I'm going to read for tonight, and I'm going to pick up in verse 12, and we're going to read verses 12 through 19, so we're going to finish out chapter 4. And, uh, and then we're going to have some good discussion here about this. So if you have your copy of God's Word, pick it on up and turn to 1 Peter chapter 4, and I will begin in verse 12, and I am reading from the ESV. This is what the Word of God says. It says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you share in Christ's sufferings For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God, and if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. This is... All this to me is the culmination of what we have been talking about for the last three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. At this point, yeah. Um, really and truly, and we're gonna hit on this in a minute. But like, verse chapter four, verse nineteen is a is a key verse number one for First Peter. But I think it's a key verse for developing a biblically informed theology of suffering. And and I'm just going to read verse 19 one more time because it it really encapsulates all of 12 through 18. It says therefore let those who suffer according to God's will. Now I'm I'm just going I'm going to pause right there because we're talking about suffering being a part of God's will. Mm-hmm. Okay? I, I I'm going to blatantly point out that that challenges the prosperity gospel on every single point that they make. It is in direct contradiction to everything that a prosperity gospel teaches. So let that sink in. Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Mm. It's, I mean... He, Peter sums up everything really—I mean, I, that could almost be a summary for the whole book. Um, It, it really could. Um, But but he's really summing up this, this section that he's been in for the last half of chapter 3 on into chapter 4, really kind of where we've gone for chapter 4. He's really developed this theology of suffering, this idea of what Christians are going to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that in today's society, we have a lot of reason to recognize this type of thing. Now, again, I'm, I've said this before and I'm going to say it again, Americans are not being persecuted th- at this point. Right. You know, could it be coming? Yes, it very well could be coming. The The writing is on the wall, but don't claim something that is not there. right? So, um... So Peter here, he's finishing up his argument and he's talking about sanctification. And he's talking about what the sanctification will look like if we exhibit the traits that we uh, that he's kind of, he's talked about over the last couple of chapters. He's he's kind of exhorted the church to have these these traits. Mm-hmm. And our response is really gonna be what happens in verses twelve through nineteen. Yeah. And and he lays out three kind of distinct Points that we that we want to highlight tonight, um, as we talk about, we're we're totally going Southern Baptist in this, um, except it's not alliterated, so you know whatever that means. Uh, but but the first thing that he says is that we should not be surprised, but we should rejoice, mm-hmm. and he says that there in in verse twelve, beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trials when they come; they're going to come. And then the beginning of verse thirteen, but rejoice. Mm-hmm. So. Michael, let's unpack this here for a second. Yeah. What What is he talking about when he says, do not be surprised, but rejoice?
1: So, I mean, we talked about it. Uh, I guess it's been a couple of weeks. And he, Peter, really promised suffering to believers. He, he said yep. suffering is going to come. Trials mm-hmm. are going to come. He is This guarantee is seen all throughout Peter. And it really ties really well into the first chapter of James, where James mm-hmm. says uh consider it all joy brothers when whenever you experience various trials um yeah. and, and peter is challenging believers to rejoice and be glad in their sufferings um and, and and you know we can keep tying it back to verse 19 um if we are suffering it is because it is god's will for us to be suffering mm-hmm. um and and it's it's really easy to praise God when things are going well. It's really difficult to praise God when things are not going well. And, and Peter is saying, is reminding his readers here: Look, things are bad. Things are you know you're going to suffer. Um, you there's you're going to face trials. Continue to rejoice. Continue to be glad anyway because of mm-hmm. the hope that is in you in Jesus. Yeah. Um, we rejoice in the glory of Christ being revealed. We rejoice because we are sharing in Christ's sufferings. Mm-hmm. Now, we're not being scourged, we're not being nailed to a cross and hung naked for the whole world to see. No. But if we have the Holy Spirit in us, we have Jesus in us. He is in he is right along with us in our suffering. And he yeah. and he experiences our suffering just as we do. Um, yeah and and so we you know peter's saying rejoice in in your sufferings um it's an opportunity for you to glorify God it's an opportunity for you to to witness um and and to, and to give a testimony for for the hope
0: that is in you
1: um, yeah and, and peter's really driving this point home here in verses 12 and 13.
0: yeah and i mean if you tie that back, back to what you just said which, which is first peter 3 15. You know, the reason that we rejoice in these sufferings is so that we can we can point to Christ when people look at us, and we can give an answer for those who, who want to know mm-hmm. what is the reason for this hope that you have. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I mean, honestly, it, it, Christians should be the most positive people in the world. Because we should we should always be pointing to the hope that we have in Christ, right? Regardless of our situation, regardless of where we are in life, mm-hmm. you know, whether you're rich or poor, whatever your whatever situation you're in, your life should point back to Christ, mm. and and it should make people say, "What? Why are you the way you are?" Mm. Because that gives us an opportunity to say, "Man." even though my life might seem wrecked even though my life might seem off course or or out of sync with what the world says i should have mm-hmm. man i have hope because of jesus and i have faith and i have uh all of these things because of jesus yeah. and and i mean the prime example of that is is the person of job yeah the dude had everything and everything got taken away from him and yet he still looked at that and he said the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Mm-hmm. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah,
1: our our circumstances don't determine what should not determine what our view of God is, or what our view of um, of where we stand with God is. Yeah, our our yeah. our joy and our hope and our peace should all be in the person of Jesus, and everything else around us could be falling apart in um, in turmoil and ruin. But if you have Jesus, you have all you need.
0: Yeah. And I'll tell you what, man, in in a world that is constantly telling us that we need to identify ourselves as this or as that in order to be, you know, accepted in culture. You know, you you have to identify as whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, name pick your letter, pick your acronym, pick your pronoun. You need to identify as that in order to be on the right side of history, or you need to be accepting of that to be on this. And the Bible tells us, in First Peter, and Peter is telling us right here, your identity is found in nothing other than the person and work of Jesus Christ. Yeah. You don't have an identity of your own. Mm. Your identity is found only in Christ. And separate from Christ, your identity is nothing. Yeah and and i think that that helps that should help and i know it helps me that should help christians mm-hmm. frame this this society that we're living in this culture that we're living in that says identity is the number one thing the bible tells us identity is nothing yeah what you choose to identify as is is garbage yeah. compared to your identity in christ yeah. the, your your choice doesn't trump truth no whatever no. whatever
1: the truth, whatever truth, truth, not what you believe truth to be. Yeah. Um, but but your choice doesn't trump what Jesus says about you.
0: No. No. And there there's a saying, and I think I've said it on here before, but uh there's a saying that I love and it's ontology trumps autonomy. Mm. And ontology is the you know, the core, the essence of your being, who you are is your ontology. You, it's is it's undeniable mm-hmm. and that trumps autonomy which is what our society is pushing today it's your self-identity it's who you claim to be right who you identify as or who you promote yourself as an as a specific identity mm-hmm. you know you do that in your own personal uh, expression of sovereignty but your ontology who you actually really are trumps that. Mm-hmm. You know and 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 I, I've heard it said before but but the the thing about somebody who claims to be transgender in this time you know if, if it's a male claiming to be a transgender female well when you die and someone digs up your bones in 50 or 100 years guess what they're gonna say this person was a male because your ontology who you are your biology what your bone structure says what your DNA says mm-hmm. the very essence of and core of who you are says that you are a man yeah you may claim to be a woman but but that's that's an autonomous decision Mm -hmm. and your ontology is going to trump that in the end right and they're going to say this person was a male they're not going to care and they're not going to know that you identified as a female right because that's what culture and society said was cool Mm -hmm. and Mm. and so to 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 that was a little bit of a rabbit trail, but to bring this back to, to first Peter, we shouldn't be surprised, but we should rejoice because we rejoice in everything that Christ has done for us because our identity is in Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, you know, we don't claim anything outside of the identity of Christ, or we shouldn't claim anything outside of the identity of Christ. And so that pushes us into what, what Peter moves into next, Mm -hmm. which is if you are insulted, you should bless people. Mm -hmm. And, this this really is is counterintuitive to what the natural human state like if somebody insults me my natural human state says I'm gonna bow up on you and I'm gonna fight you over that yeah same. Um but but Peter tells us here that we should be we should be acting differently. Mm-hmm. How should we be acting differently? Let's talk about that. Yeah,
1: so he says that we're to be blessed. Um verse 14, if you're ridiculed for the name of Christ, you are blessed because of the spirit of glory. And of God rests on you. Um, And this really parallels to the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5. Mm -hmm. Um, The wording is very similar. Um, Verses 11 and 12 say, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for they persecuted the prophets who were before you. and, and Peter is Peter saying a very similar thing here. Um, in verse let's see here in verse 15 he says, none of you should suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or a meddler. Um, but anyone but if anyone suffers as a Christian, he should not be ashamed. We'll move on to ashamed here in a second. but but mm-hmm. but when 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 Peter says you're to be blessed, the the blessed is the should be the focal point, not the ridicule. Not the, yeah. um, all the thing, the murderer, thief, whatever. Like, bless is the main point of this verse. Ble-
0: bless, blessed is the subject of the verse. But I really love that Peter included all of these kind of other names here. Mm-hmm. You know, he says, he says, don't let anyone suffer as a murderer. Okay, N- most people are not going to murder somebody, so that seems a little out there. Or a thief. Okay. Most people are not going to steal something, you know. There, there are people who steal things, but most, the majority of people are not thieves. Mm-hmm. And he says, "As an evildoer." Okay, fair enough. M- the majority of people don't really seek to destroy other. They're not like they don't plan and intention evil against other people. You know, it may seem that way, and there definitely are people who do that, mm-hmm. but that t- for the vast majority of society and human, humankind. That's not the case. The last one is really funny, though, because he tags on a meddler. Right. (laughs) Almost every single person is a meddler. And if you don't believe me, then anytime you hear something that's slightly juicy gossip about somebody else in your office workspace, or you want to know something about somebody else, or you want to have the dirt on somebody, or you want to hear what this person did, or you want to talk about what they did last week? you're meddling. And how they? Oh, ex, you're meddling. Mm-hmm. You're getting into things that you don't necessarily need to be a part of. So,
1: so the um, the Bible app in the HCSB has like um, little like notations for like deeper. It, it's, I think they're like connotations kind of things. Yeah. So for meddler, it says, or as one who defrauds others. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, realistically, that's what meddlers do. They, if you're meddling somebody, you want to get information, mm-hmm. and you want to do whatever it takes to get that information. Yep. Mm-hmm. If it means you have to pretend to be somebody's friend to get them to talk to yep. you, you'll do it. If it and and we do this under the guise of oh, you know, uh, my favorite is is uh, when you hear about the prayer groups, and and they'll start off the prayer, "Oh Lord." Uh, we just pray that you would be with Sally because you know Sally's Sally's been in, been struggling lately she's been going to the bars and she's been going and visiting these places and she's been doing this and she's been doing that and you know that lord and the, me- the meddling is <laughs>
1: often veiled as prayer requests or <laughs> um yeah just general gossip. gossip yeah
0: general gossip that's what it is and and peter here i mean Three out of the four of these, the vast majority of people are not really going to have a struggle with. Mm-hmm. I don't steal things. You know, I, I, don't, I don't steal things. I don't murder people. Um, I don't intentionally try to do evil to people. You know, maybe sometimes I do as, as an unintentional thing. I hurt people. But I, I never set out with the, the express purpose of, of, like, doing evil to you people. You don't wake up in the morning like, I hope I get to be evil to someone today. <laughs> I mean, some people will probably say that about me, but no, that's not my intentions when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> you know, but, but man, meddling is one of those things. Gossip. Gossip is right in there with meddling. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think it's interesting that, that Peter includes, includes all of those together, and then he says, yet is, if we suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we're going to do one of these things. Mm-hmm. And and the reality is that meddling is no different from an evil doer is no different from a thief and is no different from a murderer. Yeah. So put your put your highfalutin high horse aside mm. and say, oh well, I, you know, I just talk about people. I don't actually do anything. Guess what? You're no different from the guy who actually shot that other guy and killed him. Yeah. If if you know, you're no different from the guy who stole from from the people across the street. Yeah. In in scripture, if there's a list of things
1: there's not like there's not tiers of uh like this is only a little bad and this is kind of more yeah. bad. Like <laughs> if this all listed together, Jesus sees them all I, I, I believe that Jesus sees them all as equal value. Oh so, I, so I do too the meddler and the murderer in Jesus eyes have committed this have committed the same uh amount of sin.
0: Yeah, I I love it's 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 a little bit apropos, but I love like the pictures of you know when it's like the way humans see sin, and it's it looks like a bar graph, and you got like you know ones to two, ones mm-hmm. to one, ones to seven, and ones to twelve, mm-hmm. you know, like that's the way v- we view sin, and then it flips it, and so all you can see is the top mm-hmm. of the bar graph, and it just looks like four squares, yeah, and it says the way God sees sin, oh yeah, and. And and I think that's I think that's a great picture mm-hmm. because that I mean, God sees sin as a box is a box is a box is a box. Mm-hmm. It anything that transgresses the law of God is sin. Yeah. Anything that is sin leads to death. The the Romans six tells us the wages of sin is death. It doesn't say the wages of murder is death, and the wages of gossiping is you might spend a few years in purgatory, and the wages of um, you know, leading somebody astray is you're going to have to definitely spend 10 or 12 years in prison. It doesn't say that. It says the wages of sin mm-hmm. is death. Yeah. So if you're lying, death. If you're murdering, death. Yeah. Whatever you're doing, the wages of that sin is death. Yeah. And, and so we need to quit focusing on what we classify as great grievous sins mm-hmm. or worse or, or easier sins and focus on the wages of sin any sin regardless of the sin is death yeah any and you're separated from god yeah
1: any sin grieves the heart of god and anything that grieves the heart of god we should be striving to get rid ourselves of yeah so
0: yes and and so that pushes us so if we're if we're supposed to be blessing people and we're supposed to be um regardless of our sin, we're supposed to be pushing on through this and mm-hmm. glorifying God uh, because we are blessed. That leads us to the next point, which is do not be ashamed, mm-hmm. but glorify God. Mm, yeah. And and he picks this up. Let me see. I think it's in verse, is it 14 or 15?
1: Uh, 16.
0: 16. There we go. 16. 16. Yet, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. And... Despite uh despite what the world says about us, despite what the world classifies us, tells us we're wrong, we're stupid, we're bigoted, whatever label they want to apply to us today, again, remember what I just said. Ontology trumps autonomy. Mm-hmm. People can say things about you autonomously, but who you are ontologically is going to trump that. Yeah. Okay. Don't forget that. So despite what the world says about us, we are not to be ashamed because we know what the end is going to be. We know what the final outcome is. And so, uh, you know, to, to, again, piggyback on this comparison that Peter just did, murderers, evildoers, meddlers, he paints these all as the same. But he says, Christians, you're going to suffer. And when you suffer, regardless of why you suffer, Mm -hmm. regardless of how you're suffering, continue to do good. Yeah. Keep doing good and not evil. Yeah, the and yeah the suffering like it's yeah,
1: dang I just had that thought, the suffering of mm, like Anthony's suffering could look completely different than my suffering, mm-hmm. like it, and, and it, but in God's eyes it's all suffering, like like yeah. and it's all being used for His glory. Like your neighbor could be going through financial hardship and you could be going through health hardship and your other neighbor could be going through like marriage issues or whatever there it's all suffering the -hmm. same way that all sin is sin like all suffering and so like i don't think maybe we do a disservice i don't know this may this may be completely off base i don't know but i feel like we may do a disservice by saying like may by elevating certain sufferings Mm-hmm. And downplaying others, like so and so has cancer versus uh, single mom's kids are sick. Like, yeah, like the suffering, like in God's eyes, I feel like the suffering is that, and Anthony, you can see this, listeners can't, but like instead of the suffering being like this, yeah, it's like this, just like just the same yeah. way sin is. Yeah. And so, I don't know, I don't know
0: if that's the it's it's akin to the scales of justice are blind mm. you know um and, and I think I think that's an excellent point because the way that God sees our sin is the same way that God sees our suffering mm-hmm. you know and 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 the thing is if we recognize the sovereignty of God in our lives then we recognize whatever suffering we're going through is something that God is trying to teach us individually mm-hmm. it's 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 something that he's allowing to happen in our lives because he wants us to learn something individually it's it's not about, you know, oh, well, Michael only has to suffer because his, you know, kid got sick. Whereas I have to suffer because my kid got cancer. You know, his kid only got COVID. Well, that's not fair. But the reality is that Michael is suffering because his kid has COVID and I'm suffering because my kid has cancer, hypothetically. And <laughs> yeah, hypothetically, nobody has COVID. Nobody has cancer, uh, for the record. Um, Don't speak that into existence, <laughs> yeah, <please>. For real. <laughs> um, but but at the end of the day, Michael's kid having COVID is an opportunity for Michael to glorify God. My kid having cancer is an opportunity for me to glorify God. The ends are the same. Mm-hmm. They're not any different. Yeah. And and Michael, wherever he is, if he has to go to the hospital and he has to spend time with with a doctor or one doctor or nurses. Guess what? That's Michael's opportunity to shine the glory of God through the suffering that he's going through, through the the hardship that he's going through. Mm-hmm. You know, and same thing. Me for and me my go. kid. Mm-hmm. Same thing. I have I'm going to meet people. I'm going to talk to doctors. I have an opportunity to share the glory of God with the people that I come in contact with through the sovereign action of whatever God has allowed to come into my life. Mm-hmm. And until we view suffering through that lens, God, this is an opportunity for me to. Show the glory of God to somebody around me, somebody who you have put in my path. Yeah, and and I need you to help me to understand that. I need you to help me see that. And I'm, I'm you know, I'm gonna be real honest and transparent here. That is incredibly hard to say because number one, I hope my kid never gets cancer, but number two, I know people whose kids have cancer, mm-hmm. and they've lived with it for years and years and years but they had countless opportunities to talk about the goodness of God in their life Mm -hmm. to countless amounts of people that they would not have encountered had it not been for that situation that the world would define as suffering. Yeah,
1: I I think that we, the church believers, we walk around when we're going through suffering like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. Mm -hmm. Like like we head down,
0: woe (laughs) is me— I'm just going to go over here. Yeah. Like we're just going to, like we just deal with
1: it where or whatever. But like scripture time and time again calls us to be more like Tigger. Oh yeah. The Hyper, everything, like everything is awesome. I'm the wonderful thing about Tigger. Like, like the, the whole thing. And so like, that's a like silly analogy, but be more like Tigger.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Huh? How many times are Christians represented more like Eeyore Mm -hmm. when we should be acting more like Tigger? Yeah. Now, Tigger might be annoying, but guess what? Tigger always cheers people up. Mm -hmm. Tigger always has something encouraging to say to people, regardless of your struggle. Again, I'm going to point back to Job. The dude lost everything, his house, his land, his cars, his children. Everything he owned was gone. And he looked in the face of that destruction, and he said, The Lord gives, and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And and until you can get to that point, you don't understand what it means to glorify God as an opportunity in your suffering. Yeah. Seeing the glorification of God as an opportunity in your suffering. And And, I mean, Christian, I would implore you. Struggle, struggle with that. I have struggled with that. I know Michael has struggled mm-hmm. with that. And and until we can get to that point where we can say, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It may be hard. It may be sad. It it. This doesn't mean that we're supposed to be uh, again to use your tigger thing. Like we're not always supposed to be this bouncy, happy, like everything is great person all the time. But it means that in the midst of your struggle, when you can be open and honest and transparent about that struggle, mm-hmm. you can still say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Man, I'm having a hard time with this. I'm struggling. This is really difficult. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know why God has done this to mm-hmm. me. But you know what I do know? God is good. Yeah. God has this working for my good, mm-hmm. and he has this working for the good of his glory. Yeah. And so I can say with confidence Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah, and I think Job is a perfect example of that. And I and I've talked about it there. But but until we can view our suffering as an opportunity to glorify God, we don't actually understand our suffering. Yeah. Yep. Totally agree. So so Peter here is using this idea of suffering to glorify God, and he's tying it to judgment that's going to come, and it's going to come on the church first. He's going to purify the church first. Mm-hmm and he he kind of alludes to a couple of old testament passages and he he really talks about he kind of references Ezekiel 9 and Malachi 3 that's mm-hmm. a couple of vers- couple of chapters that we could bring in here so let's let's take just a second let's talk a little bit about Ezekiel 9 and Malachi 3 and why this applies to this section here of 1 Peter
1: okay so peter says that the church is going to be judged first and then, if and he says, if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who disobey the gospel? And yeah. in Ezekiel nine and Malachi three, um, the the main focus here is that people who live in an idolatry will meet their judgment, and
0: mm-hmm. it
1: will be swift and it will be furious. Yes. Um. And and Peter, I mean, it's more of a passing thought. Uh link yeah. rather than direct but yeah um the people he were he was writing to would have known Ezekiel and Malachi correct like yeah. they they, oh, they, yeah. they they would have, they, yeah, that, they, would have known. they would have known about that so he's he's using things that they are familiar with to tie together like the people of God will be judged and the people who the people not of God will be judged even more furiously yeah. Than the people of God are. So um that's kind of how it's gonna go down for, yeah, for the people and, who and... who aren't who aren't.
0: <laughs> it's you know, it's it's we a lot of times Christians get a bad rap for saying, you know, oh, you guys are just sensationalists or you guys are over over stating the case. But there are times in, in the Bible where it's pretty clear. If you don't get right with God in this life, it, it's over for you. Like, it, it's you don't get a—there's no such thing as reincarnation where you get to come back as somebody else, and you get another shot at mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, uh, the book of—I think it's the book of Hebrews says, it's appointed a man once to die, and after that, the judgment. Mm-hmm. So, you know— the the these Eastern religions that promote oh no life is cyclical and and you can come back as something else and and depending on how you live this life you could come back as something better or worse yeah no that's I'm sorry that's mm-hmm. that's not anywhere founded in scripture yeah and because we take scripture to be the authority we're gonna have to reject that that idea yeah um because at the end of the day you're you're you live you die judgment eternity. Yep. And 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 that's how it's going to play out. And so it it's scary a little bit here at, the, at at first Peter because he's saying, "Hey, you guys who think you're good, who think you're doing right. You you need to be the ones who check who are checking yourselves." Yeah. Because you'll be the ones who will stand before judgment and go, "Oh my gosh, everything that I thought I was doing, these legalistic things, you know, following certain rules and living a certain way and and living by uh, you know what we would call fundamentals um you know those types of things are only going to send you to hell faster because that's you attempting to do it in your own power and in your own strength yeah whereas the bible says no your identity everything you're supposed to be is found in christ yeah and everything separate from christ is filthy yeah it's it's rags it's nothing it doesn't matter yeah it it doesn't matter exactly, mm. and so before you get to this judgment, and 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 I, I I I believe that's what Peter is trying to do here. He's trying to paint a picture of hey, judgment is coming. Are you going to be ready for it? You know, as much as we bash on preachers who who stand up on soapboxes and and yell at people from the street corner, and I and I'm not condoning that. At least they're pointing to the fact that hey, if you were to die right now, what would happen? Yeah, you would be judged. Yeah. You know they're not saying something that is untrue. Now I can disagree with the way they're presenting their their, me- their, message, their methodology, yeah, but but I don't necessarily disagree with their actual message. Yeah, the, the the message because it is true. Yeah,
1: the message can be true is the how it's communicated that is the where the rub happens.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we're not here to talk about that tonight. But no. but that you know that's that's the idea here of of almost what Peter's talking about mm-hmm. is is. You you have to be prepared. Yeah. You have to know that this is coming. Mm-hmm. And so with all of this, with the, you know, the three things that we've talked about, don't be surprised, but rejoice. You're going to be insulted, and so you should be blessed. And then don't be ashamed, but glorify God. That leads us to the key verse that we highlighted here at the beginning, mm-hmm. which is in all of this stuff, in everything that happens, be prepared to glorify God. Yeah because that is the point of, of everything that you're, you're supposed to exemplify as a Christian. Yeah.
1: Can you read your version of verse 19? Because I want to read mine and, and see how they differ. Yeah.
0: So my verse 19 says... Oh, that's chapter 3. Just kidding. Yeah, don't read that one. Page, my page got turned. Uh, verse 19, chapter 4. Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Mm. See, mine flips two of the phrases. Mm-hmm. Mine says, so
1: those who suffer according to ours will should, while doing what is good, entrust themselves to a faithful creator. I mean, the message is the same. It's just, yeah. it's just interesting yeah. to me, the difference in the, how it's. And
0: trust their souls. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I've, I, I did not go back and look at this on the way it's structured in the Greek. It it's entirely possible that that could be because the again I mean, I think even the way yours is saying is is it saying you should do good because you're entrusting your soul to a faithful creator. Whereas mine just says you entrust your soul to a faithful creator while you're doing good. Yeah. In the process of doing well, good Well, the
1: way mine has it written, you can take the while doing good out and it's still and it's so those who suffer according to God's will should entrust themselves to a faithful creator like that on its own yeah. it is a great, is a great reminder. Yeah. Um, but then, in, but then putting that other phrase in the middle of the two just mm. exemplifies what Peter's talking about here. what, yeah, those who suffer according to God's will should not can or could or might, or if they so choose, but should, while doing what is good, so continue to do what's good and trust themselves to a faithful Creator.
0: Yeah, hmm. I think it's a good word, uh, and and I think that's a good place to wrap up the discussion of First Peter chapter four hmm. because Christian, be encouraged. Suffering is coming; it, it's going to happen. Be ready for it, but in the process of being ready for it, know. That your job as a Christian is to do good. Yeah. In the in the midst of that suffering. And the reason for you're doing good is so that people will ask you, Why are you this way? And you can give an answer for the hope, 1 Peter 3:15, for the hope that is within you. You can answer them. You can be prepared to defend the hope that is within you. And so all of this argument for Peter is is really kind of coming to a culmination right here. Yeah. Um Next week we're going to talk about the church. It, it's it's almost like a completely different section of the book there, uh, as we move into five. But but again, it all ties together as part of of Peter's grander narrative that he's trying to paint here. So it's it's not like it's separate. But um, this this is a great place to pause as we as we get ready to move into next week and and talk about um, how the church should be, how we should act, and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and I'm. I know I will have a lot to say next week. Um, I'm sure Michael will probably have some stuff to say next week too, because there has been a lot happening, even in the in these days as we record this ahead of time. Um, there's been a lot of stuff happening that that we can talk about how we should approach church as a people of God. Yeah, and so it'll be it'll be a good discussion next week. So stay tuned for that. But Michael, if they want to find us on social media, where would they find us?
1: You can find us on. Instagram at beers and Bible underscore. We are on Twitter at beers and Bible P one. You can find us on Facebook by searching beers and Bible podcast and looking for our logo, um, and hit follow on all of those, uh, social media platforms. And then you can also email us at beers and Bible podcast at gmail.com. Um, we'd love to hear from you, um, on any or all of those, um, any of all, any or all of those ways to reach us. Um, <laughs> And, uh, if you have any questions about anything we've discussed, any beer suggestions or, um, uh, beer, uh, if you've had a chance to try a beer that we've reviewed on the podcast and want to send in your rating as well, um, we may shout out, give you a shout out on the podcast or something, but, um, we love to interact with you guys and we look forward to being able to actually share some really exciting things in in the coming weeks and months and, um, we hope that uh you stay and stay along for the
0: ride yes we do so until next week we hope that your bible stays open and your beer stays cold and we will see you later peace out